Hey, everybody, it's Mike from the Mike Widener Show, powered by Sonic Web Studios. Visit online at sonicwebstudios.com for all your needs. Looking at a professional website without breaking your budget? Sonic Web Studios is the answer. Sonic Web Studios offers fast, affordable custom web designs that blow the competition away. Call today, 1-800-303-3960. That's 1-800-303-3960. Or email to support at sonicwebstudios.com. Mention the Mike Widener Show. Get 20% off your first project. Sonic Web Studios, take your image to the next level. Also, time to give official shout out to our official sponsor of the Mike Widener Show, international warring author Mia Molsonzia. If you love fast paced mysteries, you'll love Missing by Mia Molsonzia, available on Amazon and paperback and ebook. Missing is fast paced and intriguing with an unforgettable twist. Takes place in four countries, two strangers, one target, where truth is an illusion and those you love will be the first to go missing. It's available on Amazon and paperback and ebook. Missing by Mia Molsonzia has garnered great reviews and Evil Eleven endorsed by Howard celebrities, including Joanna Cassidy, Forge Riley, and Manales. So grab your copy today for Goes Missing by Mia Molsonzia, available on Amazon. Also, check out the Mike Widener Show at themikewidenershow.com on over 30 podcast platforms, including Facebook, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Also, Anchor FM, iTunes, Google Play, Amazon, Audible, Apple Music, and more. Take the Mike Widener Show with you on any mobile device. Subscribe to the Mike Widener Show on the YouTube channel. Follow the Mike Widener Show on Instagram and Twitter today. And for great gift ideas, go to Amazon.com and check out the Mike Widener Show podcast. T-shirts, pop sockets, throw pillows, tote bags, hoodies. Makes great gifts 24-7 for family, friends, and loved ones. Go to Amazon.com and check out the Mike Widener Show podcast. And for more great gift ideas, go to Amazon.com slash Mia Molson's for great books like Missing, Once, and Wrinkles. Also cool merchandise, T-shirts, pop sockets, hoodies, phone cases, and more. Amazon.com slash Mia Molson Zia. Check it out today. I'll support the Mike Widener Show on Anchor FM, PayPal, the Mike Widener Show. And you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com and click on the Mike Widener Show. And um, make sure you donate today and we can use some coffee. We're here with a terrific gentleman who is a San Francisco-based singer-songwriter with a jazz-infused progressive folk sound, which is whimsy, cinematic, and uniquely takes on the heart and madness of the extensive extensional so we'll talk about that he's also a leader of touch with pants and he's a local bay area musician and a big influence he's also been in various circuits hosted the uh, eg fest he's had numerous singles out like the fish song the albatross song water of them the mark and more as well too and then he got um also a brand new song out called brave heart luna and a new album he's talking about Alien from an alternate earth. We'll talk about that along with Fish from the Sky at home at CMR. Live, ladies and gentlemen, from the Plus Studios on the beautiful side of the bay, the multi-talented singer-songwriter from San Francisco, ladies and gentlemen, along with Ducks with Pants, E.G. Phillips. E.G., good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Mike. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, it's great to have you on board as well, too. And I love the title with your band, and we'll get to that. You're a San Francisco-based singer-songwriter with a jazz-infused progressive folk sound, which is whimsy, cinematical, and um, unique take on, on the heart and madness of um, existence. We'll talk about that. And, of course, you're also leader of Ducks with Pants, and um, you're a local Bay Area influencer with uh, Ben various circuits, and you also hosted the uh, EG Fest. You got a lot of singles out, like uh, the Fish Song, the Albatross Song, and um, also... Um, Fish from the Sky, At Home at Sea, Nashville Recordings, Volume 1 and more. And, of course, your other releases, Till We Have Faces Again, The Octopus Song, This Infertile Valley. And um, you have a new single that's going to be out soon, Braveheart Luna. And it's from an upcoming album, Alien from an Alternate Earth. We'll talk about that. And before we get into that, E.G., tell us how I first got started. How did I first get started? Well, you know, I've always had a fondness for music. 
you know, the copy of Peter and the Wolf that we wore the grooves out of on the record when I was a kid and uh, got heavily into the Beatles when I was in high school based on my parents' record collection. Wow. As well as Tom Lehrer, of course, uh, a 60s comedian who did political satire, who had a big influence on my stage presence. Then once I got into college, you know, somebody introduced me to Bob Dylan and I picked up the guitar. And, you know, as soon as I started playing guitar, I was really more interested in creating my own songs. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was also very shy about it. Uh, I spent a lot of time doing MIDI compositions that I sort of kept to myself and was very reluctant to share with people. It wasn't until about maybe seven years ago I decided I would make a go at it in terms of performing at open mics and really start promoting the music and you know actually finishing songs and that sort of thing. So I'm a late bloomer as far as all of that goes. But you know, I have you know a, a love for writing. I've always liked to write, even before you know, I could actually write. I was doing these illustrations with speech bubbles that I would have my parents fill in the uh, the text for. And I, you know, was working on these long winding fantasy novel type oh. of things. But I've sort of, so, sort of settled on the song as my, my chosen art form because I also really like playing around with the harmonic stuff and different harmonic progressions. And I think that's what drew me to jazz, which I started also getting into in college you know, I was living near a record shop called Positively Fourth Street, um, mm. obviously a Dylan re- reference. Mm. But I decided, you know, I'm going to take a stab at listening to this jazz stuff. So I picked up a copy of Kind of Blue by Miles Davis and started going to jazz concerts. And, you know, that, that has also had a big effect on how I think about music. And, you know, although it's not typical, you know, a lot of people like Bob Dylan, a lot of people like Miles Davis, they like them together. But I'm probably one of the few who's decided that he is going to try and combine the two. And so use less than typical progressions that you might find in folk music as far as chords and so forth, and have that, as I call it, jazz infused folk. Hmm. That's rather interesting. You talked about uh, Miles, da- Miles Davis being one of the influences. Uh, what What are your thoughts on uh, his uh, masterpiece, Bitches Brew? Uh, I mean, you know, it's that jazz fusion stuff. And it's, that, it's all very jammy. And I love the Wayne Shorter composition, Sanctuary. I actually was treated to a, a live rendition of it when I went to a jazz festival in Perugia, Italy. Oh, I wow. saw him and he did a whole set, which was basically just playing sanctuary for half an hour Um, (laughs) wow so i the the fusion stuff it's cool i think there's a lot of different periods of you know miles's repertoire from the early stuff you know in the 1950s and then those that mid-60s uh second quintet which is sort of out there and it's all sort of leading up to that you know fantastical um continuous stream of sound that you get with John McLaughlin and guitar and Joe Zawinul and uh, the the keys there. So I like it all. I think it's all interesting. And um, it's one of those things. It's, you know, I think when you listen to the album, you'll see there are these different influences. I've got that cool jazz sound on the Octopus song, got the big band sound on Braveheart Luna, and then there's the Bossa Nova tune and stuff that's just a little bit different, a little spacier. Uh, more ethereal. So um, I, I like to sort of mix it all together. And um, yeah, certainly Bitches Brew is 
one of those seminal albums you listen to it and it just sort of captivates you mm. it, it sounds it sounds like it too and uh, who are some of our other favorite jazz artists growing up besides uh, miles davis and the others you've mentioned well certainly duke ellington i mean he has that suave persona and this is wonderful orchestral arrangements that's you know very different than your typical big band stuff and charles mingus too just because he's got this wild personality and music that has all these different influences you know he was very influenced by duke as well but then there's all the bluesy components that you have and of course there's you know john coltrane and, and bill evans um you know more modern singers song, or more modern folks like melody gardot and esperanza spaulding are folks i'm a real fan of i call them mm -hmm. my pretend girlfriends and, <laughs> don't we all <laughs> and of course there's a you know um the first jazz concert i ever went to was uh, a fellow named james carter who was then a very young gun at the time uh still around still blowing his tenor and baritone sax and uh, um and of course there's the bad plus uh who is you know build themselves as the world's loudest jazz piano trio and did lots of covers of things like smells like teen spirit um brad meldow <laughs> Uh, you know, he does these wonderful interpretations of uh, with the works of Nick Drake and Radiohead. So, um, you know, lots of jazz. I spent, you know, the early 2000s, you know, instead of listening to what was current, I would be going through the, uh, the bin at Virgin Megastore, seeing what Blue Note records I could find that were on sale. Oh, my gosh. And of course, another legend I thought of is uh, Thelonious Monk. Your thoughts on him? Oh, Monk is awesome. I mean, he's got such lovely little tunes like Panonica and, you know, just those records he did with Charlie Rouse. Uh, great stuff. Uh, his interpretations of Duke are lovely. Yeah, he's also, he's, he's got personality. You, know, you look at the way he, he plays the piano, he's got these like splayed fingers. It's kind of crazy, but it all works. And there's, you know, this sort of... Um, contours to his music that are a little more shall i say jagged or uh almost cubist in a way but i uh, yeah i have i have a lot of monk recordings i still have all my cds i don't really listen to them so much they're just sort of collecting dust in the hallway but they're a good measure of my influences as far as here's the big mingus section here's the big monk section here's all the miles davis <laughs> uh, so, sounds like a record store you're going to i i think you should open a record shop i'll be glad to go through the collection <laughs> And uh, who are some other uh, favorite artists and singers and uh, musicians growing up besides the uh, the ones in jazz? Uh, so, you know, I mentioned the Beatles and Bob Dylan. There's, of course, other singer-songwriter types like Neil Young and Leonard Cohen. Uh, Frank Zappa, of course, uh, that was uh, that rock and jazz influence going on, especially like his mid-albums, like starting with Hot Rats and the Grand Wazoo that really have that jazz influence going on. And, you know, um, stuff that was a little more contemporary to me, like The Replacements uh, and um, R.E.M., those sorts of bands were interesting to me. Um, but, you know, as I said, I sort, sort of fell into this world of jazz and got very immersed in that. So, you know, I would say, you know, 70% of the collection is jazz and maybe 20% is rock. 
uh, singer-songwriters, you know, the Joni Mitchells of the world as well. And then there's a lot of classical music as, um, you know, lots of Chopin and that, that crowd, as Tom mm-hmm. there would say. And of course, you'll put that all together as well, too. We'll talk about some of your singles, your albums, and the being the leader of Ducks with Pants. We'll get to that in just one minute. But first, to listen to the Mike Widener Show at themikewidenershow.com, powered by SoundCloud Studios. Visit online at soundcrabstudios.com for all he needs. Look at a professional website without breaking a budget. Soundcrab Studios is the answer. Soundcrab Studios offers fast, affordable custom web designs that blow the competition away. Call today, 1-800-303-3960. It's 1-800-303-3960. Or email to support at soundcrabstudios.com. Mention the Mike Whitener Show. Get 20% off your first project. Soundcrab Studios, take your image to the next level. Also, time to give an official shout-out to our official sponsor of the Mike Widener Show, international warring author Mia Molson-Zia. If you love fast-paced mysteries, you'll love Missing by Mia Molson-Zia, available on Amazon and paperback and ebook. Missing is fast-paced and intriguing with an unforgettable twist. It takes place in four countries, two strangers, one target, where truth is an illusion and those you love will be the first to go missing. It's available on Amazon and paperback and ebook. Missing by Mia Molson-Zia has got great reviews. And even love and enjoys by Howard celebrities, including Joanna Cassidy, Forge Riley, and many others. So grab your copy today for Goes Missing by Mia Molson Zia, available on Amazon. Also, check out the Mike Widener Show at themikewidenershow.com on over 30 podcast platforms. You can take the Mike Widener Show with you on any mobile device. Subscribe to the Mike Widener Show on the YouTube channel. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter today. And for great gift ideas, go to amazon.com and check out the Mike Widener Show podcast. And for more great gift ideas, go to amazon.com slash Mia Molson Zia for great books like Missing, Once and Wrinkles, also T-shirts, Passockets, hoodies, throw pillows, and more. Amazon.com slash Mia Molson Zia. Check it out today. Also support the Mike Widener Show on Anchor FM, PayPal, and themikewidenershow.com. You can also buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com at the Mike Widener Show. Make sure you do so today. I'll be glad to have a little cup of coffee with you. We're here with San Francisco-based singer-songwriter E.G. Phillips here on the Mike Widener Show. And um, talked about his uh, many influences in jazz and um a little bit of folk and everything else. And he's also got a little band out there before we segue into his music, Ducks with Pants. And to tell us about that. And how'd you come up with the title Ducks with Pants? That sounds amazing. <laughs> uh, well, Ducks with Pants, it's sort of a novel marketing concept. It is what I call a fake band. So I'm the sole proprietor and the last sole member of Ducks with Pants. And the the brainchild of it was really, you know, I'm very interested in language. I think when you listen to my lyrics, you'll see that I have a great love for language and words. And there are certain words that have this sort of inherent funny quality to them. There used to be the vaudeville comedian Joe Penner, who became famous for his line, want to buy a duck. And <laughs> the story goes, that he tried that with a lot of other things as part of his act. But it was want to buy a duck that got the biggest laugh. So duck is this sort of inherently funny word and pants has a similar quality. And I was sort of thinking to myself at one point, uh, what happens if you combine two inherently funny words to become exponentially funny? Mm-hmm. And, you know, as I was, you know, this is about the time I was started to go to open mics and I was sketching in my little notebook and I was sitting across from a uh, fellow singer songwriter who I just met at the time and we didn't really know each other his name is Sean Byron we've since become pretty tight in fact he recorded one of my songs the lighthouse at the end of the world for what oh, wow. his debut debut album but I was sort of at 
you know, you're an open mic, you're sort of spending a lot of time waiting to go on yourself. So I was amusing myself by sort of picturing what ducks with pants would look like if I illustrated it. And at the same time, trying to make Sean laugh, um, which <laughs> of course you don't really want to do because you don't want to interrupt the other performers, but he was getting a kick out of my variations. Like I had the Beatles crossing the street as ducks and they were carrying pants. And then I had um, a version of the Rolling Stone album, uh, sticky fingers but with sticky feathers and, um, <laughs> the ducks were coming out of the zipper of the pants so you know it was... <laughs> oh my god you make me quack up i gotta say that you're quacking me up <laughs> but you know it, it's overall it's sort of you know like i say a, a canard um it's you know i'm a singer i'm a solo performer for the most part but i do like when i go into the studio uh imagining i have this band that is a part of the whole ensemble that's making the record and there has been an actual edition of ducks with pants at one point i was the feature for an open mic and given the fact it was in a bar it's kind of i should have a real band with me so people pay attention and we did another gig after that but then i discover actually having a band has the disadvantages of you have to keep it together so the fake band works out a lot better in the long run Hmm. That's rather interesting too. I also noticed on the website you have like all kinds of paintings with ducks. In. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I haven't done as much painting recently as I'd like, but it's been, uh, you know, something I like to do is mess around with the acrylics, and a large part of my oeuvre is ducks with pants. Not necessarily in them. This is very important. There are multiple ducks with the pants, not necessarily in them which turns out to be a saving grace, believe it or not. Uh, it does give you some other artistic possibilities, such as the, the pants can be hanging in a clothesline in the background, or you know they can be absconding with the pants as they were with the Abbey Road uh, illustration that I did that later did become a painting. So, um, and you know, it is certainly something that you know, other people uh, have latched on to, and I've got, a friend of mine who was, all, was at one point an open my coast and then also played on my album and played as part of the EG Fest show. We can talk about that a bit. But uh, he, he's also a gifted illustrator and he uh, has done the illustrations for the latest upcoming album and all the singles. And he has gone to town with, you know, incorporating the duck aspect. So, oh my gosh. I mean, that is just amazing. Now, I'm going to throw this question out there Have you ever owned a duck before or do you currently own any ducks? I do not have that level of affinity for duck. I have many rubber ducks. Um, as part of the EG Fest celebrations, I will acquire rubber duckies that uh, have a theme to them, rock and roll rubber duckies, uh, you know, mermaid and pirate rubber duckies for when we were at the Hotel Utah because they have a mermaid. Uh, it has this ship nautical theme at uh, this bar. It's a sort of a dive bar, uh, very famous in San Francisco for its open <laughs> um, And then uh, for the, the most recent edition of this birthday show, I put on where other people come and perform my songs uh, and serenaded me with my own works for the purpose of my birthday. Um, the theme was blue. <laughs> I oh my gosh. <laughs> blue rubber duckies. And it actually worked out well because uh, the the venue which is called bizarre cafe which is a local little coffee shop out in the west edge of the city 
uh, called the, an area called the Richmond District. They had changed owners and they'd swapped out the paint job and one of the themes was blue. So that worked out very well. Oh um, my gosh, wow. <laughs> that certainly did work out well. And you also had some singles out as well too. And uh, we're mixing with albums. Of course, you got the Fish song, the Albatross song. You also got Fish in the Sky at Home at Sea, Nashville Recordings um, Volume 1. And of course, you got the Bossa Nova. And um, you also got the... Um, Album out coming out soon, Alien from an Alternate Earth featuring Braveheart Luna, Till We Have Faces Again, The Octopus Song, This Infertile Valley. And um, tell us about some of the songs, um, you know, you know what you put out and um, what inspired you to write them. Well, so I think one of the central songs of the album is the octopus song, because uh, within the chorus, there is the line, I'm an alien from an alternate earth, or you're an alien from an alternate earth in re reference to the octopus. And that song was inspired by the fact that I had a show at the Octopus Literary Salon, which is a bookstore cafe over in Oakland. Uh, unfortunately, they closed down prior to the pandemic mm -hmm. because of the whole financial trouble, but it was a great little venue. And at the same time, I'd come across a book called The Soul of an Octopus by Cy Montgomery, who's a naturalist who does uh, uh, books on various you know, things like octopuses and turtles and so forth. And um, yeah, I found that to be a very inspiring book because there are a lot of cool anecdotes about her interactions with different octopuses and their personalities, as well as this sort of beautiful found poetry of, you know, like about the nature of consciousness and so forth. And so I decided, well, I'm going to write a song to promote this gig at the Octopus Literary Salon. And uh, at the, the same time, I was listening a lot to a song by Nat King Cole called You're Looking at Me. And I kind of liked the revelatory aspect of that song where, you know, he's talking about this person as if it's the third person who was this person, et cetera. And then at the end, he reveals it's himself. And I, along with some of the... Uh, chords the jazz chords which i sort of cribbed from and then went off in my own special direction as i tend to that became the basis for the song and um you know it the the, the title alien from an alternate earth just sort of seemed perfect for this collection of jazz infused songs because it is sort of an unusual combination a little too jazzy for the folk playlists not jazz enough for the purists uh and you know it also came up uh, came up together at a time when, you know, I had all these songs that I had written prior to the pandemic, and it seemed like they were from another world. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, so they were sort of from this alternate earth from back in the time when, you know, people went to shows and enjoyed music that was live and so forth. Mm -hmm. It almost sounds so, like it almost sounds like it was like you know before the pandemic hit. That was the uh, alternate earth. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it seemed like, you know, at a certain point, this collection of songs, which I started to see as a set that I wanted to have recorded together, you know, they they were mostly artifacts from a, a previous time. Um, the, the exception being the opening song, uh, Till We Have Faces Again, which, uh, you know, obviously alludes to the pandemic as, as mm -hmm. well as um, the myth of Cupid and Psyche by way of C.S. Lewis. Um, but yeah, once I came up with that song, I was like, well, that has to be the opener because um, it sort of alludes to this previous time that this is all a part of. And then, you know, the title also sort of refers to my own experience because I, I come from the tech world and I'm still loosely tied to it. But at a certain point, I decided that um, you know, I really wanted to focus on music more. 
And so that has become much more of my life in terms of, you know, doing the recording and also the promotion. And, you know, there's a line in the octopus song about being playing in the lobby of a posh hotel. Well, that was me. I was. Uh, <laughs> I had this regular gig uh, owing to this brainchild of one of the concierge at this hotel called the Hotel Carlton. And they would allow you to come in and play during their wine service, which was great because you got an audience that you didn't have to wrangle yourself. They all came for the wine. Uh, mm. But they also left with the wine as well. So you kind of had a limited period of time in which you know you could potentially be the focus of other people's concerns. Um, although less li more likely they were interested in conversing and hanging out. But it was good practice, a good uh, time to get, sort of hone my skills as a live performer and that sort of thing. But obviously it was, you know, a very different situation uh, from what I've been doing previously, which was, you know, working in an office and coding and that sort of thing. So, um, so yeah, that's sort of this personal aspect and a twist that, um, I think, you know, gives the song some more meaning beyond just, you know, being, having this interesting mix of, you know, funny words like squirt and more heady discussions about the nature of consciousness. Huh. So, That's right. oh, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. No, I was going to ask you as well, too, that you were all about octopuses. You also wrote about, um, you know, fish and everything. You got the albatross. And when I saw the albatross song, it made me think of that Monty Python skit. <laughs> albatross! And it's like, that's the bird nobody wants to deal with. <laughs> yes, yes, it is, um, unfortunately, a, a bird that uh, has had its reputation much maligned by a poem. Uh, it, like the octopus song, um, you know, it's one of these uh, songs that came about because I was reading a book on natural history, um, uh, a book called The Thing with Feathers by Noah Stryker, which talked about a lot of different birds, like the, uh, the bowerbird and uh, the wandering albatross. And um, that, you know, that became a song that was actually a very popular song when I was out performing, because there was a, a aspect of it where other people get to join in and do these oohs and ahs that are part of the break in the middle of the song. And uh, interestingly enough, it was also another case where, you know, it's an animal name plus the word song. And I used the words from the chorus, um, which the full chorus is, when you're with an albatross, don't you know you can't get lost? Cause you're never truly lost when you are at home at sea. So home at sea just seemed like the natural or at home at sea became the natural title for the album that that was featured on. And likewise, um, you know, the tradition even goes back to fish from the sky, which isn't quite an exact quote from the fish song, but that's another popular song of mine. It's actually been recorded by another artist. His name is Ken Newman. He'll be releasing that as part of his upcoming album, which is coming out a couple days after mine. Um, and it's, you know, it will be the first time I've had a song on vinyl. So, um, but that's also another one of these uh, covers that has come out of the fact I do this EG Fest show where other people, other local singer songwriters cover my songs. Oh yeah, the uh, EG Fest. Uh, we forgot to mention that. Uh, tell us about that. And uh, how did that get started? So it sounds like a really big event for you, the EG Fest. Well, yeah, um, it's, uh, yeah, I, Back in the day, you know, 
it's actually 30 years ago now, which because Bob Dylan recently had his 60th anniversary, 60th anniversary for his uh, recording career, but they had the 30th anniversary concert where all sorts of performers came and covered his songs. And so you had Mary Chapin Can Carpenter and Neil Young and you know this whole uh, uh, Lou Reed, all these different artists coming together and playing songs of Bob Dylan. And in you know, I've as a songwriter, the the idea of having other people play your songs is sort of it's validating in a way. It's also feels like yes, I've written a song that other people enjoy and want to interpret and share in their own way. And so I had this clever idea that you know I would ask people to do this for my birthday um, because it was. Uh, a gift that musicians could afford um, and <laughs> you know um, you know for, for the purpose of my birthday would you cover one of my songs and it was a little like is this going to happen is this going to work out but you know everybody had a great time the first time we did it and it was actually at, the first one was at Bizarre Cafe um, and it, you know I had some wonderful renditions of my own songs played back to me and uh, that's actually what led, you know, the, at the first EG Fest, Sean Byron covered my song Lighthouse from the Edge of the World and started to incorporate that into his repertoire and eventually decided to record it himself. And I, I managed to keep it going, doing it at different venues around the city here in San Francisco at uh, the Lost Church and the Hotel Utah um, and another uh, venue uh, called the Secret Garden. It's a secret. Um, but, uh, that was a great a performance. Um, and, you know, it, it turned out to be this thing where, you know, it's, it, first of all, it's very humbling to, have to actually go and ask people to do this. A lot of the effort is finding out that, you know, people's summer plans in mid-August to last do not include coming to perform one of your songs for your birthday. So you just have to sort of churn through all the people you know and see if you can get enough people to do it but yeah people will do their own unique interpretation come up with entirely different arrangements and put a lot of effort into it and it just becomes a community uh, building event where other songwriters come together that are part of the bay area and share in this event um, and you know some other traditions that go along with it like the artwork is done by somebody from the local community as well uh usually an open mic host if i can swing it uh, if they're artistic enough and so mm -hmm. i've got some great artwork out of that in fact mario noche who did the artwork for uh alien from an alternate earth he did the the artwork for one of the eg fests as well as playing in it and um you know the cake gets based on that artwork so you get one of these printable cakes and nice you make me hungry for one <laughs> um and, you know, it's just, it's fun, you know, and, you know, some people just sort of muddle through as best they can, you know, it's not something where I expect people to a lot of, put a lot of effort into it, and then other people do these sort of grandiose interpretations, and uh, so it's really cool. Um, obviously, it's become more of a mostly annual event, because we didn't do it during the pandemic, mm -hmm. um, but I did manage to do it this past, uh, past August, uh, and, you know, um, it happened again and i'm always kind of amazed that i get people to participate in this crazy idea of mine um but it is you know it's gratifying and humbling and just sort of 
you know, if nothing else, it keeps me from thinking about the fact that I'm aging. I'm not having a birthday. I'm having another EG fest. <laughs> and of course, it's celebrating in a great way, too. And of course, you're also getting people doing the uh, Bossa Nova. And I noticed you had uh, some of them at, at music. And uh, tell us more about that. And what, what got you into doing a Bossa Nova record? Uh, well, I mean, that was actually largely the fact that I had a producer who was very into Brazilian music and wanted to have some variety in the different arrangements. Chris McGrew, uh, who produced the record, um, I met uh, as a result of somebody else inviting me to do their uh, do backing vocals for their album. And so that was at Hyde Street Studios. And, you know, uh, that's where I met uh, Chris and also... Uh, the arranger, Kevin Seal, uh, who plays piano on this album. Um, and I met them and I thought, oh, these, these seem like the guys to do this album because they, you know, they had the right sort of vibe together as, as a group, along with the recording engineer, Liam. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, Chris also runs sound at the Black Cat, which is a jazz cafe in San Francisco. And they seem to have the right ideas in terms of the roles that musicians play. And so that, it actually came together quite quickly. Uh, uh, we did the recording over Labor Day. And of course, yeah, I'm a fan of bossa nova music. Um, definitely love the Stan Getz albums um, and you know, Girl from Ipanema and all of that. Oh, that's and, my uh, favorite. Oh, my God. Yes, that's a uh, great song. And, you know, he, he decided uh, it would be a great, it would be good to do that. Uh, song till we have faces again in the bossa nova style and interestingly enough it wasn't the first time i've had a producer who said you know we should do this as a bossa nova because uh i had a song um all i can share is photos and that got recorded with the bossa nova style and believe it or not it was mario noche again who uh, played guitar mm -hmm. on that he's a very good guitarist and he uh we brought him in to record the guitar part and he did some lovely stuff that we ended up incorporating as a so, as solo material as well as the backing guitar track. So, yeah, as I said, it's sort of taking all comers. And I think the Brazilian textures add a lot of interesting nuance to the songs. You know, in addition to Till We Have Faces again, uh, there's also some Brazilian percussion elements in some of the other songs. In particular, uh, there's uh, one called Fallen Out of Love, where the whole rhythm changes up for the last verse. And uh, <laughs> so there's sort of this break and a little bit of silence. And then the percussion comes in and changes up the rhythm and you get that. And then there's also a little bit of um, uh, vocalese uh, that's reminiscent of bossa nova at the end of uh, this infertile valley, which goes undergoes a similar rhythmic change because it was one of those songs where it's like well sometimes i play it like this sometimes i play it like that and so it was the difference between doing it six eight versus four four and the, you know it's sort of like the way george martin ended up dealing with the two different versions of strawberry fields it's like okay we'll put them together and so um mm. so you've got a lot of that going on uh with the songs um and yeah i think it uh it adds a lot of different texture and nuance to the album mm. That's quite interesting, too. And, of course, we'll talk about your uh, upcoming single, uh, Braveheart Luna from Alien from an Alternate Earth. We'll get to that in just one minute. You listen to the Mike Widener Show at the themikewidenershow.com, powered by SoundCraft Studios. Visit online at soundcraftstudios.com for all your needs. Also brought to you by our official sponsor, the Mike Widener Show, international warring author Mia Molson's The Have Missing, available on Amazon, paperback, and ebook. We'll be back with the multi-talented San Francisco-based singer-songwriter E.G. Phillips 
after this timeout. We're back with San Francisco-based singer, songwriter, multi-talented E.G. Phillips here on the Mike Widener Show with his group Ducks with Pants. And we talked about Alien from an Alternate Earth, also other releases, Fish from the Sky, At Home at Sea, and more. You also got a new single out that's going to be coming out called Braveheart Luna. And uh, tell us more about that. Ah, uh, yes. Well, Braveheart Luna, first of all, the, the phrase Braveheart, that actually comes from my affinity for Doctor Who, uh, the oh, British sci-fi yes, show. Oh, yes, yes. I love Doctor Who. Off to TARDIS. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I was a fan growing up in the early 80s to show my age. You know, they just brought in the fifth doctor, Peter Davison, and he had this phrase that he'd occasionally say to his companion, Tegan, Braveheart, uh, Tegan. And that became sort of a catchphrase that they used throughout his tenure. And for some reason, that was in the back of my mind when you know I was trying to console one of my uh, fellow singer-songwriter friend of mine whose name is Luna, uh, occasionally uh, despairs via her Twitter account about the world. And so I just sort of uh, just sort of ad hoc, I said, Braveheart Luna. And that became a song. And I had some fun just, you know, playing around with the lyrics, um, sort of playing off the idea that maybe I was chatting with the moon um, <laughs> and giving a shout out to the color mauve, which doesn't get nearly enough press. Um, that is also uh, an oblique Doctor Who reference, believe it or not. <laughs> and, um, you know, and just compositionally, it was fun. I was doing something called a line cliche where you have the same chord, but you change the bass line going up, which is a very Beatles thing to do. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was one of the songs that I just decided I really enjoyed playing. Uh, it became sort of a staple of the set. Uh, sets I would play at the Hotel Carlton where I, I needed a big closer and so it kind of got pumped up and amped up speed wise and um, became one of these things that was it was a great set closer because uh, it kind of caught people's attention as it built to its uh, crescendo and uh, so I knew it needed to be on the album and it needed to be the closer for the album I knew it needed to be a big band song so uh, Part of the as part of the album, we brought in a fellow named, by the name of Rich Armstrong, who's a very talented multi instrumentalist, and he actually did a big band arrangement for that. Um, along with Daniel Cazares, they they just banged out all the parts for that in one afternoon, and we had time to spare so they could add horns to the other songs, like the octopus song, and until we have faces again, quite a lot of work out of them <laughs> in a short amount of time. And, you know, it's just, you know, it's got a lot of energy. It was one of those I was pushing the, the band. I know we got to make this go faster. Um, even though the demo recording was a little slower, much to uh, my producer's chagrin. But, you know, it's just uh, got this energy and life to it that I really enjoy. Um, and, you know, so with this classic big band arrangement that comes in right from the get-go you hear the blat of the horns and you get, they get the baritone sax doing some hits underneath the, uh, the, the lyrics and i really enjoyed it quite a bit i did a lyric video where i decided to take some public domain footage uh, and use that as running in the background in kind of a loop um, vaguely coordinated with the music it just sort of worked out timing wise but that you know it's just it's a fun song i really enjoy it and i hope people take a listen i've got a lot of great feedback from people uh who've, who've taken a listen to it and um I, you know like i said it is it's a great closer for the album and the thing about it that i really like is 
after I hear that song, I want to go back to the beginning, which is Till We Have Faces Again and Start It Again, which, you know, that's the coup de grace as far as a closer for an album. I want mm -hmm. to go back to the beginning. And certainly amazing as well, too. Where can we find your latest uh, Braveheart Luna? Also, latest release Alien from an Alternate Earth and uh, all your music at where can we find them? Well, I am, of course, uh, on all the streaming services. You can find me as E.G. Phillips on Spotify and Apple Music and Amazon and uh, egphillips.bandcamp.com. You can also find me through my website, which is duckswithpants.com. And you can find me on all the social media as at duckswithpants. And once again, that's multiple ducks with the pants not necessarily in them uh, so yeah uh, give me some spins uh, add me to your playlist share me with your friends um, and uh, you know uh, the full album comes out april 22nd which happens to be earth day or you know mm. alien from an alternate earth day if you are so inclined <laughs> or long lines of doctor who as well too having a little brave heart so <laughs> yeah. we're here with singer songwriter from san francisco eg phillips here on the mike wagner show eg a very big thank you for your time you've been totally amazing and looking forward to having again soon just a few more minutes here and uh who do you consider your what can we expect from you in 2022 and beyond eg well i do actually have another ep in the works i actually started it before uh, I started this album, um, but it's a collection of songs that I've been working on with uh, the same producer who worked on my previous EP, Nashville Recordings Volume 1. His name is Kenny Schick, and he is based out of East Nashville. And so uh, he does most of the accompanying tracks, and uh, then there's the vocal parts. Um, and there's actually a, a little crossover from Alien from an Alternate Earth as one of the backing singers on... Uh, this Infertile Valley will also be on one of the songs on this new EP, which is called Mental Maps. Mm -hmm. And truth be told, I sort of see them as parts one and two of the, of the same uh, set of songs. It's just that one felt like it was more folk rock, which is what Mental Maps will be, versus one was more jazz, which is what Alien from an Alternate Earth will be. So um, trying to wrap up all the production on that and get the, the songs mastered so I can continue my release cadence because Spotify wants us just to be content machines keep pumping out new music but uh that'll be coming out and i'm starting to be more active playing out a bit um i have actually a one more performance at the marsh theater in san francisco on valencia street uh, as part of monday night marsh sort of dipping my toes into the water uh in this sort of smaller venue but it's a great little theater and I'm part of an ensemble of some other performers starting to put together their sets and, you know, I'm going to try and play out more, get out uh, to the local farmers markets and try and get further abroad. I'm a little disappointed to get to South by Southwest this year, but, you know, in the future, uh, try and get out to go further afield to places like Austin and Nashville and, you know, promote the record the old fashioned way. Oh, yeah. And that's probably the best way to go as well, too. And take some ducks with you, too, and have a little duck soup to go with it. So, <laughs> And who do you consider biggest influence in courage? Um, well, you know, there's obviously, you know, Bob Dylan has been a big influence on me, but I also have to give a shout out to my college buddy, John Willicke, who was the one who encouraged me to get a guitar and start playing. And that's led to me, you know, playing as well, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not the greatest instrumentalist in the world. And sometimes I'd rather just delegate all of that if I can, but it certainly has led me down this path to creating music and, you know, combining the, not only 
my love for literature and lyrics and writing, mm -hmm. but also, you know, just experimenting around and doing stuff that, you know, one of the more gratifying aspects of this past um, album is just how much the other musicians, you know, these professionals, these pros that I brought in, um, how much they enjoyed, you know, playing these tunes that I'd created. Hmm. That's certainly amazing. And uh, what's the best advice you can give to anybody at this point? Um, well, you know, I think it's one of these things you, you keep doing it because it's something you love doing. And I think, you know, that comes out in my album, you know, one of the songs, Ode to the Wild Horse Cafe, uh, which is a sort of reflection on, you know, this, uh, you know, the refrain is a little bit of magic in the middle of nowhere. And I think we take joy in finding these bits of magic and being able to share them. And, you know, it, it's a tough road as far as getting other people to hear your stuff and share it. Um, because once you get over your own inhibitions about uh, how, you know, oh my gosh, what will people think of this? And what will they think of me? Then you have to cross the next boundary is actually getting other people to care. And that can be very disheartening. And um, I guess the best advice I can have, I have for that is Braveheart. Yes, brave heart indeed. You can uh, fill in whatever you want. So big thanks to Doctor Who for that. So <laughs> once again, singer songwriter from San Francisco, E.G. Phillips here on the Mike Wagner Show. E.G. A very big thank you for your time. You've been absolutely fantastic. Looking forward to having you again soon. Make sure you keep us up to date. Keep in touch. We'd love to have you back in 2022 and beyond. Once again, tell us about your upcoming projects. What's your website? How do people contact you? Where can people purchase or check out your works? Find me on the internet's as ducks with pants at duckswithpants.com and you can find me on spotify amazon apple music all the places all the time uh, for your streaming pleasure if you just look for me as e.g.phillips um, though i've also created a playlist on spotify this is ducks with pants so you'll be able to find me one way or the other we certainly will do so. Once again, EG, a very big thank you for your time. You're totally amazing. Looking forward to having you again soon. Make sure you keep us up to date. Keep in touch. We'd love to have you back. We wish you all the best, and you've got a great future ahead of you. Thank you so much, sir.